February 17th, 1976. TV commercials, uh, cats are absolutely, totally catered to, you know. I mean, Morris, I mean, for heaven's sakes, he doesn't need any kind of stuff you throw at him. As befits a god, he has a choice. Oh, sweet mystery of life, unending ever. Well, uh, for those of you who uh, are uh, still slogging through the mires of Brooklyn, I am uh, doing a special show again tonight, uh, Another in our series of uh, studies, uh, <laughs> studies, what a joke. Uh, <laughs> another of our, our quick glances at uh, one of the most uh, controversial sections of America. It is controversial. Uh, that is Southern Florida. Controversial in that people, uh, Southern Florida is like, um, well, how can I say it? It's, um, it's like pregnancy. Either you hate it or you love it. <laughs> and like pregnancy, if you've got the bug, you've got it. And uh, let me tell you, and I'm serious, uh, the, the people can be divided into two groups. You know, most states, uh, most people have no opinion on. If I walked up to you in the street and said, hey, hey, fella, and you'd say, uh, what? I said, uh, Oklahoma, what do you think? So, what? I'd say, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, state, huh? Oklahoma, what do you think of it? Oh, well, uh, uh, I'm an Oki from Finoki. No, no, is that about Oklahoma? In other words, yeah, <laughs> in other words, <laughs> I'm a Finoki from Oklahoma, I don't know. The point is, nobody knows about Oklahoma, you know, you know who cares? Yeah, you, you will not get into a fist fight in the bar, any bar in America, by, uh, let's say, uh, bad-mouthing Utah. I'll tell you, you can just you can cause uh, you can cause violent arguments in any group by mentioning Florida. There are some people who can't stand it, who hate Florida. The idea of Florida is repugnant. They don't even come here; they just hate it. Then, of course, there are those who think of Florida as uh, you know, like legendary Janadu, uh, a land of uh, a land of milk and honey, where. Uh, uh, happiness is forever, and it's just unbelievably great. 
So that's what makes this state really interesting. Now, uh, I'll give you one little, uh, one little uh, picture of Florida that uh, most of the tourists don't see. Right down the middle of Florida, there runs a, uh, a highway uh, that no tourist ever goes on. This is a highway, if you can imagine Florida, right? Florida hangs down like a great big uh, pendulum. It sort of hangs down from the country. And it's a big state. I want to tell you, uh, Florida, if you, uh, if you think Florida consists of Miami Beach and, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Barbara Streisand salute to uh, Fanny Bryce, forget it. Florida is, is probably the longest. I, don't, I'm, I, I say probably because I don't know the exact figures. But you can drive more miles linearly in Florida. In other words, if you took a straight line and drove, then I, I can think of any other state. Is there a state that's longer than Florida? In other words, California? How much longer is California than uh, Florida? Not much. Six miles? That's about it. And, of course, there's a detour now there. So you. <laughs> but actually, if you were to drive from a panhandle, if you were to go to, to a place way up on the panhandle, somewhere around, uh, oh, uh, uh, Pensacola or uh, Tallahassee. Uh, Tallahassee is not really out on the panhandle, but if you really went on the panhandle and you decided, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive uh, to Key West, baby, that's a lot of miles, and they're all in the same state. They're all called living the Florida way of life. And by the way, this is one of those states that has a thing which is really truly American. You know, Americans have devised a thing called the American way of life. We always talk about it. We use it in commercials. And in this uh, bicentennial year, we're always talking about the American way of life. And yet that's an unknown thing in other countries. Nobody ever says in uh, Liège, for example, oh, we are living the Belgian way of life. <laughs> or uh, uh, somebody down in Peru you know, me, live, he, I, I live uh, the Peruvian life, uh, way of life. In other words, we are conscious of living a life. Other countries live a life. We're conscious of living a life. And we consciously work at it. We devise the word lifestyle, you know. Never knew there was a thing called lifestyle. And it's a thing you can actually, it, it's not a thing that happens to you. It's a thing you create. That's a, that's a new idea in the world. <laughs> and and it's, it's, it's the lifestyle idea. And so down here they've carried it one step further, and they have a thing called the Florida way of life. They call it Florida life. You've seen that used many times, the Florida way of life. Now, we up in New York are not conscious of having a New York way of life. Nobody comes down and says, are you living, truly living the rich Brooklyn way of life? Uh, well, you know, what do you mean? I mean, uh, yeah, you know, I go down to Katz's Deli once in a while. Uh, no, uh, here they're very conscious of living, and they have special things which they relate to that. For example, people have in their houses a thing called the Florida Room. Now, I've never known a guy in uh, Patterson that has a New Jersey room. <laughs> he just, you know... Uh, but Florida, they're very conscious of being in Florida, and they make a whole thing of Florida, and everything about Florida is of immense importance in Florida. And uh, especially things 
that have to do with uh, what could be called the senses, or the, uh, the, the, the more trivial way of life. For example, sports are very big in Florida. It isn't the people play them. Curiously enough, not as many people wait in line at tennis courts in Florida as they do in Queens. Oh, yeah, it's a funny thing about that. You, you see tennis courts empty down here uh, by, the, by the day. Do you agree, Sam? And here's a place where playing tennis, you would think, would be a thing people would do all day long. Not many do it. And yet up in uh, places like, uh, like Patchogue, Long Island, which is under snow most of the most of the year, tennis guys are playing tennis year in and year out. Uh, they they get up at six in the morning and play tennis. They play tennis at two in the afternoon, and they spend all night playing tennis. Here you see tennis courts slowly sinking into the ground. Yeah, I know. I know of what. Nothing is sadder than an abandoned tennis court because what it means is abandoned fun. <laughs> you know, we've given up on fun. And uh, so you see these tennis courts down there that are just not being used. And I guess it's because it's... And yet sports is very big. There are three guys on every newscast up here, uh, or down here, that are really immense. There's the guy called the Anchorman. And Anchorman in Florida have incredible amounts of hair. Giant, uh, they all, they have this great big thing. And you know that no human hair could grow like that. It's, it's all like they're wearing a, a, a Miami Dolphin hat that's been sprayed with uh, hair paint. You know, gigantic thing of hair. <laughs> you have a feeling that this guy must have a chin strap somewhere that holds this whole thing on. It's a giant thing of hair. And no matter how old he is or how young he is, he's got this big hair thing going. And he sits there in his hair. And, he, and uh, he, he, uh, anchor men here are very different than they are up, up north. The anchor men up north uh, tend to talk about news. Uh, anchor men down here, uh, <laughs> I don't know, they're just anchor men. And uh, he, he, he doesn't really talk about news. A Florida news has a curious taste to it. If you watch a half-hour Florida news, it's like being in a snowstorm that's made up of Rice Krispies. Uh, it has no substance, and yet you know it's falling on you. <laughs> and everything is remote. Uh, there's, a, there's a curious feeling of being remote. Like, what, what, what relevance does this have to my life? You know, you read, he comes on and briefly mentions that a, an earthquake hit today and half the state of Iowa was gone. And he just says it quickly and then goes on to the important thing, which is usually the sportscast. Sportscasters are very big down here, even when there's no sports being played. And so usually, and especially on radio stations, a lot of radio stations that have a sports guy uh, and they have curious styles. Some whisper. There's one guy in uh, Fort Lauderdale that says, Have a good day. Says, this is Joe Brown and the sports. And today, a uh, little uh, so-and-so won the tennis tournament. Have a good day. And then he leaves. And it's very eerie. Very, very eerie. And they, they tend to have theme songs on the radio stations that deal with the various sports guys. And so on comes the sportsman. And this is the way it goes, invariably. He comes out with his big theme. <laughs> WCLUCK Sports Department brings you Joe Louse and his news and views in the world of sports. Hello, sports.
sports fans, Joe Lout here. In just a moment, our interview with Don Shula. They're always interviewing Don Shula. There seems to be a non-stop Don Shula interview going on down here in southern Florida that has not stopped and has not ended since 1968. Thank you. Incidentally, uh, Don Shula is is being interviewed at all times, uh, at all seasons. You can open up a paper here in, uh, in Florida in July, and the front story, the big story on the sport page, is something about the Dolphins. No, and it's. <laughs> have you noticed that? Uh, you open up the paper, and they and they begin to look forward to the next season, even as Garo Yepremian is kicking the last extra point of the preceding season. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's and nowhere do you see this in New York, for example, uh, when the Jets, when the season are over, you just don't hear about the Jets. Just like somebody just reached out, pulled the plug, Joe Namath and the whole crowd just went down, and they're gone. It's Walt Fraser time. See, then, <laughs> and, and, and then uh, when Walt Fraser's over, you know, down he goes. Then it's uh, Brad Park time. Here, it's always Don Shula time. If it ain't Don Shula time, it's Gero Premium time. It used to be Larry Zonkaville. But somehow, uh, he's, he's disappeared. Uh, he did a bad thing, and he's gone. But it always remains the Orange Bowl. Uh, incidentally, it's also Anita O'Brienville down here. This is WOR New York. The local controversies are great. Like, the other day I picked up a, a paper, and the editorial of the paper was one long gripe. This is a Dade County or a Broward County paper. One long gripe that upstate was getting it all. Upstate Florida was getting all the tax benefits. They were, they were getting everything. They, uh, you know, down here, nothing. But up on Tallahassee and Pensacola, apparently, they were getting everything. And I thought, that's a very familiar thing. I, uh, here's one of Shepard's propositions. Wherever you live in the country, there is a profound belief that the rest of the state, whether it's upstate or downstate, is getting the best of everything. Now that's wherever you live. Now I was up in Tallahassee. I pick up a newspaper and the, the entire newspaper is filled with anger that the entire Gold Coast of Florida is getting everything. And Tallahassee doesn't even have a parking meter. What is this? And so <laughs> the, these myths persist. Uh, another another great uh, battle that's uh, being waged down here all the time is uh, uh, you, you, you almost daily. They have incidentally they have newspaper uh, columns down here in uh, in this part of the country that are unique, I think, to any place I've ever been. They're columns that are really dedicated to expatriates. You seen those columns? Uh, elderly expatriates. For example, there's one in the uh, in the Fort Lauderdale News, which deals almost exclusively with what uh, Mrs. So-and-so writes me. Uh, the columnist will say, she writes me, she used to live in Peoria, 
And isn't it nice not to be living in Peoria today? She's been here 48 years. And uh, she says, do you remember at 4th and Vine in Peoria when they opened up the donut shop? Yes, I certainly do. And uh, for those of you who remember the days when NOLA was a popular tune, uh, those of you have, <laughs> and so on down the line. In other words, they have nostalgia columns down here that just run endlessly. And uh, it's, uh, I guess the people who live here are not aware of uh, how curious that is. Another thing, too, is, uh, is, the, uh, is the multiple drive-in movie. Fantastic scene down here. In fact, they've got a movie outside of Fort Lauderdale that says the only 10-screen porno drive-in in the world. I mean, now there, it's, it's the supermarket of porny. Uh, in other words, they have 10 screens going at the same time. And uh, they have this great scoreboard out in front there that tells which porny you, you can see, you, know, you want to see. See, if you want to see all 10 in one night, I suppose you can do that. You just drive around in there, buy a ticket, and just make the make the whole circuit. So uh, down here, you see these two <laughs> You see these things are hanging right out. I mean, nothing. Uh, for, uh, for those of you, though, who have never traveled around down here, uh, hidden in all kinds of out-of-the-way places, usually on real crummy highways next to, next to airports, there's always a place that sells real barbecue. You know, there's a thing called Southern Barbecue. It has nothing to do with what we call barbecue chickens that you buy up north. And that. This is a real Southern Barbecue. You've been a real Southern one, Sam? Of course you have. Catfish, right? Uh, catfish, chicken, and uh, usually beef. And, uh, you know, you come in, and they have wooden wooden uh, tables. Everybody sits at the same table. And in the back, there's about five guys sweating like hell. They're making the barbecue, and the steam is coming out. And usually you can get cornbread uh, in those places. And you can also get uh, steamed corn, ears of corn. And so, uh, yeah, and you eat off a paper plate. Now, that's as bought as American as you can get. You just won't find anything like that outside of Marseille uh, or even outside of Chicago. And so the, the uh, barbecued catfish, now that's, that's Florida. Uh, if, you're, if you ever come down here and you're, you're interested in, in uh, you know, messing around to find out what Florida must have been like. Oh, by the way, that's another thing about Florida. Uh, it has a sense, in certain ways, of its own past history. For example, there must be a hundred bars in Florida called the Barefoot Mailman Bar. Do you agree? Now, what is the barefoot mailman? Well, uh, <laughs> back in the early days when Florida was the frontier, that's, uh, you know, maybe 150, 200 years ago, when they were fighting the Seminole Wars and all that, uh, the mail was delivered by a barefoot mailman who ran along the beach. You see, he came right down the coast of Florida delivering mail as he came because Florida was originally settled further north, not down here, curiously enough. You know that I have a map, that uh, an old map. It's, it's an original. This is not a reprint. I have a map that was published in a school book, uh, a geography book, in 1875. It was published in Philadelphia, and it was a kid's geography book, which I bought. I bought it for a buck, by the way, at a flea market. It was a, an 1875 kid's geography. Great book. And it's a big one. It's got maps in it. You know, just like when you were a kid, you took geography and had a map of South America, and the Andes Mountains were kind of uh, brown, and it showed the Amazon jungles were green, right? 
You see the blue water all around it. So these maps were, are in there. And here's a map of, uh, of the southeastern United States, 1875. Do you know that in, in 1875, you look at the map, and the only cities in Florida, they weren't cities, only marks of habitation, the town of Key West, and then there was a little tiny, a little flick down there, probably uh, maybe a thousand people, uh, the town of Fort Myers, which was a fort. You know, that was an actual fort. You know, the Fort Lauderdale was a fort. Uh, that's why they called it Fort Lauderdale. Uh, much of the towns down here uh, originally were named after Army people, by the way. Yes, I know. Much of the towns were named after Army people. And so, for example, how many of you know who Dade was? Okay. Uh, and many of the towns have Army connotations, Fort Myers. Fort Pierce, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, these towns up and down the coast were actually little tiny forts during the days when uh, this place was totally unsettled, which was not too long ago. You know, uh, before the turn of the century in, uh, in our history, uh, Fort Lauderdale, that, that in fact this entire part of the country, was as much a frontier, or close to being as much a frontier, as the far west was rather new. And yet it's old, see, because some of the settlements on the coast of Florida are the, among the oldest in the country. But they were just settlements. Nobody moved inland. Because for one thing, the, uh, the, the country was very inhospitable. You always think of Florida as a great climate. And yet, do you know that Florida is the Vatican of the mosquito? <laughs> I want to tell you, uh, if, you've ever, if you've ever seen the, the Florida mosquito... Uh, when he's when he you know when the night shift is coming on, uh, you've just never seen mosquitoes until you've actually seen it. Now I'm not being anti-Florida, anyway. I'm just really saying that there's only one other state that even remotely approaches Florida in its uh, appreciation of and growth of the great mosquitoes, the really truly big league mosquitoes, Florida and Jersey. The Jersey mosquito is legend, you know. Uh, men have been killed just walking down the street when three Jersey mosquitoes got him. They just laid for him and hit him. Uh, we really have them. But, of course, Florida at that time was, 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 you know, all swamp. For those of you who don't know what the Everglade really is, the Everglade actually is a very rare, in fact, the only uh, geological formation of its kind anywhere known in the world. It is not a swamp. You know that. It is not a lake. It is a vast, moving river. The Everglades is a great river that, that starts up uh, around Lake Okeechobee. And it's at, at points, it's, you know, it's uh, 20 miles wide, 25, 30 miles wide. And it just moves slowly down towards the, uh, down towards the Miami area, just uh, the other side of Miami. And it's a fantastic thing, this Everglades. And they claim that in the glades uh, today, uh, some parts of the glades are really almost inaccessible, that they find ancient aircraft. And once in a while, yeah, they'll come across uh, the, the remains of a World War II B-24 that went down in the glades uh, during the time of World War II, and they never found it. And they'll just run across this because this is 
fantastic jungle in there. And, uh, you know, the sense of, of, of being in a place uh, is so strong in Florida that uh, it comes out in all kinds of ways, especially, say, things like on, on their television shows, which are really intriguing down here. Uh, the, the, uh, Florida, uh, the Florida uh, weatherman is a true celebrity. And uh, he is. And, in fact, he gets invited to open ladies' clubs and things like that. And he's, uh, they're always talking about him on TV. And, and uh, he loves to show uh, endless tracks of what, the, of what the temperatures were in Chicago, Alaska, and so on. Down. And I wonder what would happen if we did it in New York, for example. Like, say, in June. When, by the way, New York is really beautiful. New York is great in June, you know, early July. That uh, uh, the flags are flying on Fifth Avenue and the skies are blue. If uh, some guy on WCBS, the weatherman, comes on scene and uh, he starts showing you uh, film clips of uh, guys sweating out their guts in, in Naples, <laughs> you know, shows a guy standing on the street corner. He says, "Today it was 117 degrees in, in Naples, Florida. Aren't you glad you're not down there, folks?" Or uh, it shows great clouds of mosquitoes coming out of the Everglades. <laughs> but uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a one-way street, really. And uh, for for people who find though this part of the country fascinating, uh, it is that. You know, there's an old expression saying uh, that says that the, when you got sand in your shoes, you you hear that much. You know, you don't hear it as much as you used to. But the term "sand in your shoes" really means that you're really hung on this kind of semi-tropical life down here. And some people are escapers, and, and this is a great place in the world to escape, this and the Caribbean. And uh, you find uh, probably the rarest form of human life is found in this part of the country. Do you know that, that the, the rarest form of human life is a true hermit? That, uh, that man... Uh, rarely goes off on his own, truly. You know, we like to think of ourselves as individuals, but, you know, we're really not. Uh, most of us live in cities. Most of us uh, uh, are conscious of what other people think of us. What do you think the whole clothing industry is built on? And, uh, the whole thing of style, of way of life, and so on. This all presupposes a herd, that we live in a great herd. We are the, we're probably the most uh, well-developed herd animal of all the animals, with the possible exception, incidentally, of the common cow, which is a classic herd, and the lemming. <laughs> we share some uh, characteristics with both groups, don't we, gang? However, <laughs> that's true. However, the, the man is not like, uh, say, for example, the bear. Uh, the bear is a solitary creature. He does not travel in packs, except at one brief period, and that's the mating period. And then he splits. Now, man often has a desire to do that, but ultimately he doesn't really do it. But down here, you find them. And uh, I, I don't know whether many of you saw the television show that, that we did on the PBS series, uh, Gene Shepard's America. Do you remember... Uh, do you remember Ernie? Uh, a genuine hermit living on Mosquito Island. Boy, what a well-named island. 
He was living on Mosquito Island, Mosquito Key. And uh, in the Everglades, over on the west coast of Florida, and living as a true hermit, that there was an old boat, an old cabin cruiser, really, was what it was. Not even a cruiser. It was an old, just an old wooden cabin boat. It could have been an old fishing boat. It was about 20 feet long that had washed up on the shore of this island, was laying over on its side. It was a wreck. And he lived in it. It wasn't a room, even. He just lived in this little wooden thing. Windows were gone. And he painted great big eyes on the sides of the boat. Huge eyes. Incidentally, this is typical of primitive people. You know that that uh, in uh, the, the, the fishing villages, for example, along the coast of Africa and in the Amazon and in, in uh, the primitive fishing villages of Portugal, you see eyes painted on boats. And if you ask them why, they don't know why. I asked Ernie, I said, why did you paint eyes on the boat? Well, it looked pretty good. I said, but you could have painted a nose. Why an eye? Well, I like them eyes. I said, how come you're living here, Ernie, on the island? Well, I like it. Don't you like people? Yeah, I got no use for them. Yeah, he likes them, but he has no use for them. What a way to put it. It's the way I feel half the time. But he's acting it out, see? And I said, well, how did you happen to get down here to Florida? Well, only place I know where a guy can live in the woods is live off nothing. He said, you know, I, I, I go down to bed and I just pull some shrimp out. I eat them shrimp. I eat a lot of possum. And uh, I kind of like it. I said, but how, how do you get used to the mosquitoes? Oh, I said, they're buggers, ain't they? But, you know, he said, I live here so long that I've been down here 20 years. He said, that I, my skin is one big mosquito bite. So I don't feel it no more. He said, I just sit down there in my boat and then mosquitoes come in. I smoke my pipe. It don't matter no difference. So what the hell? Other guys got taxes. I got mosquitoes. He had no lights. He never saw the six o'clock news. He never heard of the depression or the recession or the Amex or the Dun and Bradstreet. He was a pure, basic human being. He could down and haul shrimp out. Now, how did he haul them out? Did he go out in a shrimp boat? No. What he did, he cut a little cut a ditch in from the water and the shrimp would come swimming in at night and then he'd dam it up and it'd be shrimp. He'd eat what he wanted. And the rest he'd leave in there till they grew enough and then he could eat them. I said, what do you put on them, Ernie? I mean, how do you like them? Do you like the marinara? He says, hell no, I just boil them a little salt I eat them. Hey, you want to see? You want to see my plates? 
I said, plates? What plates, Ernie? He said, I, I, I got my plates. He said, I want to show you my plates. And he dives into the boat, and he pulls out of the boat a stack of paper plates, old, thumb-worn paper plates. And I said, what, 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 what are them plates, Ernie? He said, well, I'll tell you what I do. He says, at night, just before I go to bed. I, I, I write the story of my life on paper plates. You care to look at it? I said, well, sure, let me see it, Ernie. And he showed me a plate, and that plate had a primitive boat drawn on it with writing that ran around the edge of the plates in concentric circles. And this primitive boat was right in the middle. And I said, what's that, Ernie? He said, that's the boat that I was on during the war. And she wouldn't look, wouldn't believe it to look at me now, but I was a sailor one time. I was on this cruiser. It was a Springfield. I don't know where that boat is now, but I drew a picture so that I wouldn't forget it. I said, you wouldn't forget your life? He said, yeah, you know, man out here in the woods tends to forget his life. And I take it out and I look at the plate and I can see that I was on the Springfield one time. He said, you want to see my picture, poor little Marilyn Monroe? I said, Ernie, you mean you sit here in the swamp, surrounded by mosquitoes, eating shrimp, and drawing pictures of Marilyn Monroe on paper plates? Oh, that poor little thing. She just was so young when she died. That was such a sad story. And mosquitoes came in in great swarms. And his pet raccoon walked across the log next to it. And you could hear the snook, the snook jumping out there in the channel. And the sun was going down over the horizon and great flocks of egrets and pelicans were moving towards the island, going over. I got back in my boat and left. Ernie, living deep in the swamp. And they say there are men out in the Everglades not more than a hundred miles from Miami who haven't seen a light bulb in 40 years. I wonder what they think when they see Granite uh, Airlines plane going over, painted uh, Jamaica Gold. Or they see an Eastern Airlines 707 with the flaps down, a great big flag on the back. God only knows. All right, this is WOR New York. Stay tuned for In Conversation, dummy.